1: Thank you. Welcome to the Billboard Chart Podcast, Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. And this is where we look at why what's on the charts is on the charts. A uh, lot to get to this week. Uh, Yael and Dave Penn from Hit Songs Deconstructed are back. Uh, they were on last week, uh, Deconstructing Havana by Camila Cabello. Uh, Going to go back with uh, more looking at uh, really the most notable trends uh, in the first part of this year on the Hot 100 in the top 10. Also a huge week for rap in the top 10 this week. We'll look at that. And uh, we'll look at where it stands historically as well. We'll go to our new Chartbeat Podcast hotline at 212 493 one. Uh, another great listener question, so we'll uh, answer that. And uh, what are we flashing back to this week, Trevor?
2: Uh, this week we're going to flash back. We're going to start in uh, 1976, so we're going back um, about four four decades, close to uh, Gary's birth year. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah. So we're going to look at a hit um, from 1976. Uh, and from there, we're going to jump into a discussion about songs that sample number one hits. So if you're a fan of old school music or new school music, you should find some songs that uh,
1: relate to you. All right. A lot going on uh, this week. But uh, two other things to get to first. BBMAs. Billboard Music Awards were Sunday. But even even before that, something even, I'm going to say bigger than that, but uh, is, is top of mind. In the last week, I know I'm probably late on this, but I just got to ask you, Trevor.
3: Laurel. Laurel, Laurel,
1: Laurel, Yanny or Laurel?
2: Oh my God! Yeah, you're. So, you yeah, I this passed is,
1: the trend thread. Who this is this? This is late, Gary. This is tardy. No, Tuesday when we're taping this. Thursday when it's gonna post.
2: To answer the question, you know, it's funny. The first day, all I could hear was Yanny. Instantly, Yanny, 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 Yanny. Okay, like, what, like, what's, what's, this is Yanny. And then the next day I heard Yanny the first time, and somebody played it for me, and I swear, I swear to God, looking at this, like, psychological phenomenon, because I'm sure it's a thing, I, like, forced myself to hear Laurel, and I've never been able to hear anything but Laurel since. Oh. It was so stupid. I was kind of mad, because I, I was, like, proud to be on Team Yanny. I'm exclusively Yanni. Really? Yeah. I mean, I wonder also, you know, if, I feel like if I have if I've heard bad audio versions of it or, or mixed audio versions or something, like, I, I need to go find, like, the one pure clip. But I think, I, I feel like I'm on Team team Laurel at this point. I'm kind of mad.
1: Aaron, Ernie Winter?
3: Um, I think I've heard both of them. Like, the Laurel one is, like... Laurel. It's, like, a deep voice, and the Yanny is, like, a high voice. You're not gonna, uh, you, you gotta imita- you're you're not really listen, listen gotta, for it. You're
2: not gonna imitate Yanny? Like, Yanny.
1: Uh, okay, okay, The Laurel was better, but yeah. solid. So I, I'll go with Team Laurel. Yeah, there you go. It, I guess in some ways relates to music in that uh, people are saying that everyone hears everything differently. So maybe song-wise, people, uh, we all think we're hearing the same music. Maybe we're all hearing uh, some of the biggest hits ever differently. Could be. All right. Uh, BBMAs were Sunday Billboard Music Awards 2018. I thought it was a great show. Trevor, any uh, highlights did you had specifically?
2: I thought salt Pepper was great. They, you know, it's all. I mean, it's always kind of nice because they they always recently have people noticed have tried to keep a, um, you know, keep 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 an older act around, sort of do a tribute segment of it, and it feels like this year, particularly with, with Janet being around, obviously we've seen like some '90s influence and, and songs, most prominently finesse come around uh obviously salt and Pepper being female rappers and we've seen the explosion of cardi b in the past year so it was a nice sort of thematic tie-in i think to a lot of things that were going on that made it um just you know a, a more unified show in a lot of ways than maybe just a random spattering of uh some of these old legends and and new d- disconnect between the new sounds and the old sounds and i thought that was a good part for sure
1: yeah i thought uh, that was great uh that was kind of interesting how uh, there, there was this sort of mini comeback element to n- not only Taylor Swift, but Sam Hunt, too. Uh, really hadn't heard from either of them in that kind of a public setting in, in a long time. Uh, we gotta, okay, we got to stop what is a comeback well in this case specifically meaning uh, and taylor said it herself you know i haven't i haven't been on a award show in a few years and uh, sam Hunt,ed just until last week hadn't put out a new song since body like a back road and it's uh, really just a lot of questions is he gonna have a new album out? is he gonna have another single you have a, a 34 week record number one on the country chart and then kind of disappear for a year it's a somewhat somewhat of a comeback
2: because comeback always you know historically kind of meant somebody who had was was hot right fell apart and now you know against all odds we never thought we'd hear from tina turner again mariah carey again natalie cole again but people like threw that around when like adele was making her return with 25 and it was like oh adele's comeback song it's like
1: adele was never not huge well in a social media era if, if you're away for a few months it, it's it's like you disappear the, the whole cycle I maybe mean, I mean, we need a different, different word for comeback then i guess reemergence is that better we need something a little catchier for the Twitter era, but I think you're onto something. But I kind of felt that it felt like, wow, she's here again. We've we've heard the music, Reputation came out, but uh, she didn't do interviews. We haven't seen her on award shows. To suddenly uh, see her back talking to us one on one, it was kind of like, oh right, she's she's not just the voice we hear. She's she's a real person, and she acknowledged that herself. Yeah, now I do I do agree with that.
2: That obviously seeing her sort of back in the flesh at a major event was. Like, okay, this, this this is real. Like, here she is. She was still bubbly. She's still friendly. She was still supportive of, of female nominees and female artists. A lot of the same sort of rhetoric and, and everything that we saw from 1989 and before. It's still dancing in
1: the audience of the crowd. Luis Fonsi's speech was great. Uh, really uh, seemed so uh, humble uh, that uh, uh, everyone had taken to a Spanish language song. Despacito, it seemed really genuine. The uh, the Parkland Choir, uh, seeing them sing, we've talked about that Shine song that they recorded.
2: You know, one thing I've also, sorry, back to Fonsi. One thing that I've sort of in a, in a way appreciated... Um, and I don't know how intentional it is or whatnot, but it's almost in a way kind of nice that Justin Bieber has not been around for these big moments. And I mean that not because I don't like Justin Bieber or don't appreciate what he did for the song, but I think in a way Justin has consciously decided to like let Louis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee like have that moment, right. like remember, like remi- like let people sort of remember it was their song originally. That's how it came through. That's you know people were gravitating towards that. Obviously would it have been the the hit that it was without Justin Bieber Uh, 99% probably not but it wouldn't have existed without Fonzie and and Yankee and I think it's kind of nice for Justin Bieber not to you know Made a made a point to be at the Grammys and right. made a point to sort of make it to where the attention would be all about him. So shout out to Bieber for that. I think that's a really uh, mature thing to do if that's the plan. But I think in any case, it's probably a good PR move. I think it
1: wins him some some goodwill points. Yeah, good point. Uh, the other thing uh, I was thinking when I was watching, I saw Camila. Obviously, she was on stage, and then uh, Normani. I was looking for reactions. I like going to show uh, the other person while the other person's up on stage but then we found out later that uh, they were taking pictures together so uh, after uh, the split of, of Fifth Harmony Camila and Normani were uh, seemed really happy together so it, it just felt very heartwarming I think uh, from what I saw
2: there was one reaction shot right before Camila started performing of Normani they went they pan to her but I also wonder you know in that moment it's so funny cuz i bet i bet Normani must have been thinking like be cool right that you know the camera's going to be on you I just wanted like what's that? What what is that like to be in an award show? Because if i were in an award show, of course I'm nobody, so I wouldn't be thinking about what you know people are gonna say or do or think. But it's just so, you know, when Kelly Clarkson starts singing that medley and like your song comes up, and you're like, okay, like gotta okay gotta play cool, like you know it's gonna be on. What is that like to have to sort of be that conscious? I just I would love to ask a celebrity about that.
1: It's your, uh, your goal, Trevor, to be that famous that people are uh, looking at your reaction for everything that happens. Yeah, that I gotta be on 24-7 thinking about it. Okay. All right, so uh, yeah, great uh, BBMAs uh, this year. Let's move on to this week's top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100.
4: 10, 9, 8, 7,
0: 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. My breath, you heard Number 10. I you I try to Number nine Just be hitting you I i will never, ever, ever be
4: the same I got a game plan And I'm out here with the whoops.
0: Number eight hundred three
4: hundred three-hour fives Look alive, look alive Niggas came up on this side Now they on the other side now I'm
5: Number seven,
0: I'm beginning to Why don't you just make me in the middle? Number six, I'm my mind just a little. So why don't you just make me in the middle? If it's meant to
5: be,
4: Ride with me See where this thing goes So come on We go on a cycle a like Michael Can't really trust nobody With all this jewelry on you My roof look like a nose So got damaged by the bolo Don't act like you my friend When I'm rolling through my hands God's plan God's plan
0: Number three
4: I hold back sometimes I won't I feel good sometimes I don't I finesse down Western road Piping up on these niggas. You gotta be nice for what to these niggas. I understand. You got bands. you got a baby band, you got some bad friends. High school pigs,
0: you was even bad
4: then. You ain't stressing this is America. Don't got you slipping on number one. Look how I'm living on. Police be tripping off. Yeah, this is America.
2: Runs in my area. Two weeks in a row now, at number one for childish campino, and the song This is America. Remember, the song debuted at number one last week. Uh, Childish Gambino's first number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Drake down to number two once again this week with Nice For What. And at number three as well with the song God's Plan. So a nice trio of uh, current and former number one hits right there. And at number four, the ever-popular Post Malone holding steady at number four with Psycho featuring Ty Dolla on Now, of course, if you know your genres, and your hitmakers. That is four rap songs for four in the top four this week. So, uh, they're actually the same top four songs we had last week, as I'm sure our loyal viewers of the podcast know. And, of course, by viewers, I mean listeners, because you're not really viewing anything except right now maybe some sort of Billboard chart beat podcast still image that has been there for the past uh, X number of minutes. But our loyal listeners, of course, know that those were the same top four songs as last week. And until last week, the top four slots had not all been occupied by rap songs since, believe it or not, 2009. Uh, ChartFan wrote in to Gary, uncovered that statistic that uh, February 28th, 2009, you'd have to go back that far to find the last time the top quartet was all rap songs. Uh, Pop quiz, if you... Actually, Gary, do you know the? Do you know the four songs? Do you know any of the four
1: songs? I wrote about them.
2: Okay, well, okay, you okay? Did, let, let's see if Gary in you know was I just typing did, or was yeah, I actually Exactly. Attention? Did he
1: digest this information and work with it? I know uh, right round Florida was number one.
2: That is correct. With an uncredited Kesha,
1: Dead and Gone, Ti, Justin Timberlake was in there.
2: That's correct. Yeah,
1: Crack a Bottle, by Eminem, Dr. Dre, and 50 Cent.
2: That's it. Okay. All right. He's in some ways the the hottest rapper of the moment. Maybe not for his raps though at at the current time. Oh, uh,
1: Mr. Twitter? No,
2: Kanye West. Kanye West. Oh, Heartless the song, right. Heartless. Yeah. So right around Den, Gone, Cracker Bottle, and Heartless, the last time uh, until last week, we had four songs that were all rap songs in the top four. Uh, now, of course, as we move into the second week of this phenomenon happening. The last time we had back-to-back weeks, at least with four rap songs in the top four, and we got to step back all the way to 2003. So we're looking back almost 15 years ago. The last time, uh, and really that kind of makes sense. I guess that would be what most people would think about as like sort of the last major rap R&B heyday. Right. Uh, a lot of those rap-sung collaborations, in particular, doing huge numbers there. So actually, uh, for th- three weeks in a row in 2003 there were four rap songs in the top four then the week after that there were still four songs in the top four but one of them swapped out for another song so we're talking five weeks five, so we're talking five songs over the course of four weeks can you name any of those rap songs that would have been hot uh, May 31st to June 21st is the range we're talking about
1: can we just celebrate the fact that I remember the 2009 rap songs? We
2: probably should. Okay, we'll, okay, we'll give you that, Gary. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, I'll break this down because it's uh, maybe a little tricky.
1: Well, I was working in AC Radio then, so I was all about uh, Goo, Goo Dolls and Vertical Horizon back then. This was, this was a different world for me musically.
2: Whoa, Gary was not cool. Okay, this is what the cool kids were listening to in 2003. Okay, so the weeks of May 31st, June 7th, and June 14th on the Hot 100, the top four songs were... 21 Questions by 50 Cent Sean Paul's Get Busy if we all remember that Buster Rhymes, Mariah Carey Flip Mode Squad, I Know What You Want and Fabulous Can't Let You Go you
0: know
4: A few tears, each other
1: like sugar I know and like the Mariah song.
2: Of course, the, the lamb knows his carry. There's something. And uh, actually the week after that, June 21st, uh, still 21 questions. Get busy. I know what you want in the top four, but Can't Let You Go by Fabulous had been swapped out for another 50 cent hit. This time,
1: Magic Stick with Lil' Kim. All right, since uh, I'm not the rap expert here... But, Overall, just looking at those songs versus uh, the current four, what's the main difference, Trevor, do, do you think? When you look at what's currently uh, in the top four with uh, Childish Gambino and Drake and Post Malone, just versus the sound or, or uh, the artists who are in the top four back then 15 years ago, what stands out to you as the main difference?
2: Uh, I, I guess this makes me the, rel- the relative expert on this. Um, I mean, certainly the, the biggest thing probably about most of those songs in 2003 where they were they were much more bouncy. They were much more fun. They were much more, I mean, super summertime singles. I mean, Twenty One Questions, even though it you know, it has a romantic bent to it. It kind of still had, had a, had a had a fun edge to it. It was just kind of playful. I mean, we if you remember the probably the most famous line out of that song is "I love you like a fat kid loves cake." I think everybody, you know, one of those simple lines, but it's just kind of fun, playful. People liked it a lot. Get busy. One of the big. For a dance hall, Jamaican import songs of the year. That was just a total, you know, uh, I feel like people just loved to dance when that song came on. That was just, I mean, you just could not enjoy that song. Uh, I know what you want is, it has more of a groove to it, more of a bounce, but still something that throws back, kind of harkens to a classic era. And Magic Stick, of course, is, I mean, it's got it's got a bounce to it as well. Definitely raunchy. It's not hard to think about what the magic stick is about. But for me, those songs had a good had a fun element to them, where you know just really, you know, just let loose. You know, roll the windows down just have a good time. When you look at it today, and I mean, it's I mean, it's a little hard to base it off just these four songs. But obviously, when you look at a song like "This Is America," not Intended to be, you know, just playing a groove, playing a bob. I mean, there's they obviously put some fun elements into the song, right? But at its core, it's a very you know socially aware, conscious video.
1: And that shift from the happy sounds to the darker parts shows uh, that uh, these are the times we're in now. Pointing that out literally in the song, by the way, it shifts. Yeah, I mean,
2: definitely like a, like a very conscious effort on his part to, to put a lot of styles into it. I mean, not to oversimplify some of those songs in 03, but they, they kind of had one groove and they rode with it. I mean, it, you know, This Is America much more complex, just not even in its narrative and its lyrics, but in its production creation. Right. Nice for what, you know, because that's more of a bouncy kind of song, that's, that, that's more fun. It does have, a, there's a social bent to it, you know, if you listen to the lyrics sort of, you know, How it's sort of championing women, you know, to to do what they want and not have to play nice and not have to give any of these norms. So there is a little bit of that, even in a song that's really Bounce, New Orleans inspired. Um, God's Plan, God's Plan, I mean, it's not, you know, God's Plan, not, not necessarily a fun song, I guess, either. I mean, not very melodic, you know, I think one of the things that we pointed out here and other places, you know, n- not a central hook, not a melody, not, a, not, not something like those songs back in 03, I mean, you basically had, I mean, uh, Nate Dogg helping 50 Cent with, with a memorable chorus, you, Magic Stick had a memorable chorus, Mariah, I know what you want, those songs were very centrally hook-driven, right. God's Plan breaks all those rules, Drake does what he wants,
1: per usual. And you've got the the, the singing rap of Post Malone on Psycho, which kind of didn't really exist back then. Either rapped or you're saying back then. Now, Post Malone, it's that new sound of uh, rapping slash uh, singing, which Drake kind of pioneered on uh, Hotline Bling in some ways.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is something to be said about at least how much more common and how less jarring it's gotten. Right. And he certainly has been a, a huge factor in that. Um, but in general, I mean, just I think the overall survey, as with most music, as with even a lot of pop music, you know, 2003 was a much, I don't know, it felt like a more sunnier, happier time. A lot of the music videos, you know, people on the block having, you know, cookouts and parties and at the beach, and, you know, it's just not, maybe not the same anymore.
1: My uh, 2003 expertise, I could do a whole uh, analysis of Unwell, Matchbox 20. He wasn't crazy. He was just a little a unwell. A little unwell. There's my analysis.
2: I'm not crazy. Oh, he's also a little impaired. Right. Right. A different side. A- yeah, that's no, right. Yeah. I'm glad you took something out of this, this uh, whole discussion. Yeah.
1: Uh, so also in the top 10, we heard back at number nine, uh, Camila Cabello with never be the same. And uh, a couple weeks ago, got up number six, its peak position, uh, partly due to its new remix with Kane Brown, a country singer songwriter. Uh, remix came out, added to the song sales, and it jumped up to the top 10. And uh, a listener, uh, has called us about that uh, song and about that strategy uh, on the Billboard Sharpie Podcast Hotline. Uh, let's go to it, too. I'll talk about it. 212-493-4021.
4: You better call the Sharpie Hotline 212
1: 493 one.
4: Hi, um, my name is Gerald and I'm calling from Mission, Kansas. And I just like to say that I am a real big fan of your podcast. I listen to you guys every week and I just like that you guys are very insightful when it comes to your chart knowledge and different stats um, that you present and how you like to really dig in there and analyze things. I really, I really like listening to you guys and I just want to say that I enjoy your podcast. I do actually have a question because you know, Camila Cabello, she just recently released a remix of Never Be The Same with Kane Brown, which, um, from what I could see, was definitely a big factor in helping her get into the top 10, because she had been kind of stuck in the top 20, um, or top 15, around 12, 13, whatever, for like the last few weeks, and then she released that remix, and then shot immediately to the top 10 right afterwards. I'm just wanting to know what are your, what are your guys' takes on that? Because, you know, we kind of seen that recently with stuff like, um, that Beyonce remix of uh, Niente, um, uh, help, helping that song get into the top 10, the Despacito thing with Justin Bieber, um, Cardi B and Finesse, um, uh, with Bruno Mars. So I'm just kind of wondering what are, you, what are your guys' thoughts, thoughts on this sort of new, Or not new, but a recent trend that's been happening with all the um, remixes coming out. And do you think that for Camila Cabello's uh, chances, could this new remix actually aid its chart performance and help it get into the top five and possibly even to being her second number one? Well, anyway, uh, again, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And yeah, thank you.
1: All right. Great question about uh, Camila, never be the same and the Kane Brown uh, remix. Uh, I guess to answer the, the top five, number one part, it looks like uh, probably not going to hit uh, even the top five. Uh, number one looks uh, sort of out of reach at this point for uh, never be the same. It's it's down in uh, sales and streaming up a little bit in airplay, but it uh, looks like it's uh, kind of uh, had its peak, uh, I think, at this point. So, yeah. Uh, Probably not number one, but uh, yeah, the remix did help it uh, get into the top ten. Sales, uh, even though sales are down and, and streaming is up, uh, there was enough of a boost that it uh, got to number one on the Digital Song sales chart that week and helped Camila get another top ten. Uh, I think the question, Trevor, is kind of, uh, what do we think about about that practice? Is it controversial at all?
2: I, I, think, there, I think there was a distinction that uh, a lot of fan armies and, and, and chart watchers like to make. Let's say something like E.T., for example, because Uh, For those who, you know, sort of the story of E.T. is that it was a song on Katy Perry's album uh, in 2010. Obviously, it was an album song people had heard and whatnot. When they decided to work it as a single, that's when the Kanye West remix came out. But the thing that I think people sort of are okay with is that when they decided it was going to be a single, they, the single that they promoted sort of actively most heavily was that remix version with Kanye West. I think we have a case like this where it's one of those things where the song is hot and it's moving up and it's moving up, but people notice it gets a little stuck, and then the remix comes out to sort of you know jump on, you know, hey, let's let's give it that last sort of push. I mean, if you want to think of the chart as, you know, I mean, everyone knows what the chart is. Everyone knows what the chart rules are. Everyone's got the opportunity to, to get somebody or not get somebody. There, There is that. But I do think, um, I guess maybe in, in, in the fan army public taste, it does seem a little like.
1: Uh, so you're saying it's different uh, finesse that so we add. Cardi B, it was a Bruno Mars song, but let's uh, put out this remix from the start and make it a single, which kind of like E.T., uh, yeah. Katy Perry uh, and Kanye as well. But you're saying it's eh, a little different. Uh, if uh, songs uh, number twelve, number thirteen, how do we get it just a little bit further?
2: Yeah, or if song's number you know four, number three, how do we get it to number one? Right. I just, I just think for some people, I, I guess the point might be like when we when we want to expose the public in large part to this song, that should be the version that I guess people think that you sort of go gung ho with, all in with. The same way, you know, when it was um, like so with, like finesse, you know, they chose to make it a single. This is what we're going to do with it. And this is what we want to be the single while it's out there. And, and it's always interesting because you never know what may or may not have happened. You know, did Perfect need Beyonce in the end of it? Maybe not, you right. know, maybe it would have got there three weeks later, two weeks later. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but but when people say they have a problem with it or they don't like the way that that goes down, I can understand
1: It's similar to, and we don't see this uh, having as much of an effect as it did uh, a few years ago, because again, sales are less than what they were, but it's kind of like the the discounting songs to 69 cents on iTunes, which years ago really could be the difference uh, to to make a song top 10 or number one. If uh, there was enough of a discount, it caused uh, enough of a sales gain. So uh, yeah, sometimes you'd see a song was uh, uh, number uh, six, trying to get to number five, or even uh, push to number one, labels would discount it, and... Yeah, that gets more people to buy it. It's you know, it's not uh, not sure. Uh, it's within the rules. Labels can uh, promote yeah, I mean, that's not as much an an as eagle they eagle want. Trick or right. anything like that. Yeah. yeah, fan perception, I suppose, uh, could be. Uh, yeah, maybe it's questionable to some people, but uh, you know, if nothing else, fans get a new remix of a song. So if it helps uh, chart position at the same time, hopefully, uh, you know, people are looking on the bright side of hey, we got this new version. All right. uh, Talking about uh, perfect and uh, finesse, some of these songs that have been uh, some of the biggest hits so far in 2018. Let's uh, bring back our friends uh, Dave and Yael Penn at Hit Songs Deconstructed to really uh, do uh, what they do. And like no one else does, uh, break down uh, trends and compositional characteristics of top 10 hits on the Billboard Hot 100. uh, Specifically uh, this week about uh, what's made hits in the first quarter, the first few months of 2018. So let's get into all that right now again with Dave and Yael Penn from Hit Songs Deconstructed on the Billboard Chappie Podcast.
5: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
4: and moving calm, don't no, start no trouble with me. Trying to keep it peaceful, there's a struggle for me
1: Dave and Yellow Pen, welcome back to the Sharpie Pro. Podcast. Thank you for having us. Great, great to, to be, be back. here. All right, great stuff last week uh, when you guys were here with Havana. So Thank you. Uh, we're going to take it uh, beyond Havana. That was just one of the hits uh, that's been so huge uh, for this year. We figured uh, here we are. Summer's just about to start. Let's look back at uh, Q1 and really uh, find the biggest trends at what made songs hits uh, for the first quarter, first part of this year. Sounds good. Absolutely.
5: Great. Thanks. Uh, So why don't we get started with an overview of Q1. There were 26 songs that charted in the top 10 of the Hot 100, and there were three number one hits. Drake's God's Plan, spent the most time at number one at nine weeks. It's a hip-hop and trap-influenced song with inspiration, religion, and lifestyle lyrical themes conveyed by Drake with a combination of both sung and rapped deliveries. Ed Sheeran's and Beyoncé's version of "Perfect" spent four weeks at number one, and it's an acoustic guitar-driven pop ballad with an R&B influence and, not surprisingly, a love relationship lyrical theme. And last but not least is Camilo Cabello and Young Thug's "Havana," which spent one week at number one during the quarter. And for a deep dive into "Havana's" compositional characteristics, you can check out our "Havana Deconstructed" chart beat podcast from last week.
1: Nice plug, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll keep that. We like that. <laughs>
5: <Right>. <laughs> so, as you can see, uh, the number one hits uh, from Q1 were, were very diverse. Uh, moving on, there were 11 record labels, 99 credited songwriters, 44 credited producers, and 34 performing artists, of which 97% are also credited songwriters, and twenty-seven percent are also credited producers.
1: So you said, you know, ninety-nine writers on twenty-six top tens.
5: Yes. So that's mm-hmm.
1: averaging to about four writers. Exactly. For a top ten hit these days.
0: Yep.
5: yep. Exactly. And some of the performing artists who made it back into the top ten after being absent for a year or more were Florida Georgia line, who collaborated with BB Rexa on Meant to, be.
0: He was meant to be, it'll be, it'll be. Baby, just let it. Be.
3: Meant to be, it'll be, it'll be baby, just let it be Hip-hop so you and trap influence in that song as well Very big in country
1: last year when sam hunt body like a Background was in the top 10 same kind of thing oh we yeah there was there were elements of that oh that absolutely yeah. florida
3: absolutely. georgia
2: line obviously not you know the most uh conservative country artist out there so <laughs> that and, that it, it makes sense i mean some people are saying that you know they would, would you be surprised if there was like a drake florida georgia line collaboration at some point that would be they've, very interesting they've worked with nelly before <laughs> right? i mean yeah. they you know they they're they're keeping their eyes and, and ears open yeah true
5: Right, and the last time that Florida Georgia line was in the top ten was back in 2013 with Cruz featuring Nelly.
4: And the
5: the last time BB Rexa was in the top ten was back in 2016 as a featured artist on Me, Myself, and
0: I.
2: saying sort of. Um, I don't even want to say arc. I guess just just se- se- stepping stones for her. I forgot she was on for a while. That the Hey Mama song with David Guetta yeah, and Nicki, yeah. Minaj, Nicki Minaj, which, Minaj, which yeah. was almost, exactly. I guess, probably three, four years ago at this point. Yep. I, and then so you know that that kind of is, is one. Sound of course for her. then I forgot I, for, I almost forgot she was on this G E Z song and then now to do this country collaboration yeah uh, interesting you know yeah. evolution yeah and spe- I mean totally, especially yeah. generally how how a couple of pop singers are sort of marketed as sort of these multi genre forces um I mean Maren Morris we see obviously doing you know mm-hmm. ba- yep. her roots are in country but doing sure. the middle now with uh. With Zed and Gray and everybody, Which doesn't so. have
3: that much of a country influence.
2: No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I, I don't think the boys in Nashville were, uh, were pumped to hear that one. But um, yeah, it's interesting how these these new pop singers—that's their new sort of
3: way to get around. Yeah, she's a very talented songwriter as well.
1: The monster. Ah, oh. yeah. Oh. making my own pop. You're right. Pieces. You're right. So I know the answer. Congratulations.
0: Wow. Oh, I'm gonna throw old. one out one
5: one more back out oh. out at you guys. <laughs> so who is uh, a featured artist who is back in the top ten and the last time he was in the top ten was as a primary artist in
1: 2014. Oh 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 <laughs> Chris Brown.
0: Yep, yeah. you got it. Yeah, nice Chris
2: man.
4: Breezy. Nice
0: when a rich nigga want you.
5: And one more artist that's back in the top 10 is Justin Timberlake with Filthy and Say Something. The last time he was in the top 10 was back in 2016 with the number one hit, Can't...
1: Stop the... Feeling. Nice. Exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation point.
0: I can see but you you dance, 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 creeping up on you, dance, 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 All things I should
3: A little different than his current
0: hands all over me. What you
4: gonna do
0: something? Okay.
5: So now let's take a look at some of Q1's top performers. Dave.
3: Thanks, Yale. So there were four songs that spent 10 weeks or more in the top 10 in Q1. Havana and Perfect spent the most at 14, followed by Finesse and Rockstar each of which spent 11. Looking at some key commonalities between them, all four possess an R&B influence, are 3 minutes 30 seconds or longer and are duets three of the four have a hip-hop influence, feature a combination of sung and rap vocals, feature a love relationship lyrical theme, are a female male duet, have their tempo landing between 80 and 109 beats per minute, are in a minor key and contain three chorus sections in their framework. Now on the other end of the spectrum, let's see what characteristics really help these songs to stand out and get noticed. with Havana, It's the dominant Cuban Latin influenced acoustic piano and the use of trumpet, both of which are quite rare in the top 10. And then, of course, there's the na nonsense vocal, which appears 75 times throughout the song in a host of infectious vocal hooks. (laughs) With perfect is the prominent use of acoustic guitar and not containing any drums both of which are quite atypical and then of course there's the superstar pairing of sheeran and beyonce which no doubt helped catapult the song to the top and it's interesting to note that perfect was the first ed sheeran duet to chart in the top 10 of the hot
4: 100. Looking so beautiful,
3: I don't deserve this, darling you
0: look perfect.
3: Tonight. Ed Sheeran, the Ballad Master. With finesse, it's the 1990s throwback R&B, hip-hop and funk qualities, and the superstar pairing between Bruno Mars and Cardi B. And this was the first Bruno Mars duet to chart in the top 10 since Uptown Funk, and the only one that features a female guest artist. Yeah.
2: Do it. Uptown Funk, a do it. Oh man, <laughs> come on! I know, I get it, but oh come on!
3: It is to a degree. I You'd have I, to come on. I, you
2: gotta. I mean, I I understand that's what the you know what what the paper says. Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars, but I'm just saying Bruno Mars could perform it live by himself. <laughs> Mark, I, you know, I'm not disputing <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm just going by the facts here.
3: So. <laughs> Now, with Rockstar, it possesses intriguing Rockstar lifestyle lyrics, which provides the song with a unique spin, and it features a very similar vocal melody in both the chorus and verse sections, which is quite rare, but as you could gather, this quality really helped to get the song ingrained in the listener's head. So the excerpts that we're going to listen to are the chorus, followed by the first verse, and then the second verse, so you could hear the similarities between them.
4: I've been fucking hoes and poppin' pillies, man. I feel just like a rock star. All my brothers got that gas and they always be
3: smoking like a rock star. Switch my whip, came back in black. I'm starting saying recipes to peace bon of Close that door, we
4: blowin' smoke. She asked me, light a fire like a Mars. song. I've been in the hills, fucking superstars, feelin' like a pop star.
3: Bad bitches jumping in the pool and I ain't got no So the same melody reinforced across different sections, just changing up the lyrics and the aspects of the delivery to help keep it fresh and engaging as well. That's it for me. So let's turn it (laughs) back to Y.O. with some more trends.
5: So looking at some key compositional trends uh, for Q1, just over half of the songs in the top 10 feature exclusively male vocals. Two thirds are in a minor key and one third have a featured artist. Over the past two quarters, songs featuring duet or group vocals rose from 35% to 54% of the top 10 and surpassed songs with single lead vocals in Q1. Songs containing a combination of sung and rapped vocals were the most popular in Q1 with 46% of songs. Lifestyle was the most popular lyrical theme, not love relationships as one might expect, and it was a theme in 50% of songs. The theme was followed by love relationships and boasting. Average tempo has been decreasing year over year since 2013, dropping from 104 beats per minute to 90 in 2017. And in Q1, the average tempo was 87 beats per minute. Now switching gears to primary genres, Country had another entry in Q1, which was the Florida Georgia Line and B.B. REXA collaboration, meant to be. Hip-hop reached its highest level of prominence in at least five years. 46% of the top 10 were in the hip-hop genre, while only 23%, that's half, were in pop. And when you look at songs this quarter to date in Q2, 63% are in the hip-hop genre, and just 16% are pop big drop so as far as influences go in q1 85 percent of the top 10 possessed a hip-hop influence 69 percent a trap influence and 65 percent an r&b influence and we've seen a steady increase in songs possessing an r&b influence during the past four quarters it rose from 36 percent of songs Uh, In the top 10 in Q2 2017 to 65% in Q1 of 2018. Now on the flip side, Tropical as an influence took a nosedive. Uh, It's present in just 4% of the top 10, which is its lowest level in three years. Now looking at Latin as an influence, it made a very quick appearance back in Q4 of 2015 due to the percussion utilized in Ariana Grande's Focus. Then, after being dormant for a little over a year, it sprung back to life in Q2 2017 thanks to Latin crossover hits Despacito and Mi Gente, as well as pop hits that embrace the influence like Havana and Wild Thoughts. And the latest Latin influence song to enter the top 10 was Cardi B's I Like It, which charted in the top 10 late last month. So while tropical is in decline, let's see if Latin really takes off in the summer, as many people expect it to.
2: Any uh, any hail mary guesses out there of what Latin can eventually evolve into? Of what Latin can evolve into? Hmm.
3: That's a good question. Because I, I mean, I guess there's some.
2: I <laughs> okay, mean, you I'm, have
5: a hypothesis, <laughs> don't you? No, 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 <laughs> I, theory, don't, no you know. I don't. No, I
2: don't. Because I was thinking, cause I, but as I was thinking, this, I was like, I was, I'm like running out of. Like genres that I can think of, like like reggae, I knew and right. and tropical. And well, la- I'm like, wh- I'm, I'm like, where do I? Where can I think something next would fit? And I'm sure there's something well, out there. I'm sure I'm very ignorant, but I'm just trying I to. There well, what's really?
3: what's really interesting is when you look at these memes or you know trends in the top ten, and you see over the years how like you know you had the funk explosion, which was kind of tied into the '70s and the '80s explosion, in, like 2015 or whatever. And so that was all tied in as that was kind of fizzling out. Then you had the whole, you know, reggae evolving into tropical. Then that was fizzling out. And then you have Latin. The one that's going to be really interesting to see, though, is what happens with trap. Because trap has been around for a long time, influencing the sound of hip hop and in the pop mainstream as well. So I think that is, I'd be more interested to see what's going to evolve in hip hop. And what you know, mainstream artists are going to adopt from that into their own sound. That's going to be the next uh, evolution, I think. Do you also
2: think, um, sort of in another genre category, um, you talked about like seventies and eighties influence? And yeah, yeah. Everyone kind of you know says everything comes back around in twenty years or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. We see Bruno obviously bringing a huge nineties influence. Sure. Uh, do you do you think that that is a is a path forward for R&B? Because a lot of R&B right now is, you know, very sort of moody, melancholy, brooding. It's not nearly the big melisma vocals, you know, that people yeah. sort of historically think it is. And I'm curious where, where, you where can't R&B stay so could go. so minor so
3: long, or just so, like, heavy so long. Yeah. Yeah, people get uh, tired of you know, that. It weighs <laughs> on you a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and it's interesting that you bring up Bruno Mars, because he's really been there... Through the years, like you know, evolving from say, like a, a locked out of heaven police kind of like 70s, 80s retro sound, and then becoming, um, you know, more 70s, 80s with uptown funk, and then um, treasure, another you know, like it there was at that like 70s, like get lucky, blurred lines time that yeah. was in the top 10 at the same time. So, it's the next logical progression for him to maybe now go into the 90s, and you know, uh, finesse is proof in the pudding. So, it'd be yeah, it'd be really interesting if that really puts a shift into R&B, but um, also got to remember that Bruno Mars is in the class of his own. You know, he's got his own vibe. So whether, you know, he sets the meme, maybe like he did in the past, or just keeps it for himself, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> Good question, though.
1: All right, well, you've got your work cut out for you for the next quarter. Yeah.
3: And no more <laughs> that, three yeah. J. Cole songs in the top ten at the same time. Come on, <laughs> enough. <laughs> they, they get take it up with the people. <laughs>
1: All right. Thank you, guys. As always, we'll have you back again
3: soon.
5: Thank you. Thank you. It's always great to be here.
2: Kids out there who may not know, former number one hit on the Hot 100 back in 1976, Love Hangover by the incomparable Diana Ross. Now, what makes that song cool is, of course, this week back in 1976, that song was hitting number one. But that isn't the only time that you may hear some of those uh, opening notes in a number one hit. Uh, if you flash forward from 1976, go 22 years uh, ahead into 1998, you may hear, unless you got to up closely, the beginning notes of Love Hangover that sound like this. See if you notice anything about this number one hit, uh, The First Night by Monica. You were right. There we go. So uh, one of those uh, interesting situations in which a number one hit is later sampled, reworked into another number one hit. So um, that's what we're going to look at this week on the flashback. A few other examples. Some, uh, some pretty well known in history. So look at a love hangover and the first night. A sample, we might give this an interp- interpolation, maybe an influenced by category, uh, but if you of course remember the big hit from last year, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran, you'll remember a little bit of controversy about uh, a TLC hit that it allegedly borrowed from, lifted from, was inspired by. Here's the part of Shape of You that we're talking about.
4: Like, Girl, you know I want your love, your love was for somebody like me.
2: And if that boy, I sounds say, in any way familiar to you, it may be because another massive hit that has long lived on in pop culture, TLC's No Scrubs, goes a little like this. No, I don't want no scrub,
0: no scrub
3: Luckily, um,
2: or smartly, I guess to avoid a lawsuit, Ed Sheeran and Company quickly tacked on the writers of No Scrubs as writers of Shape of You. So I guess in their eyes,
1: they thought that there was a pretty substantial overlap there as well. Yeah, you can hear it. You can definitely hear it. Listen to those two clips back to back.
2: And it probably made those No Scrubs writers a lot more money. (laughs) Um, All right. Same situation in 2017, um, a little later in the year. Uh, talking earlier on the podcast about Taylor Swift, her big return last year with Look What You Made Me Do. A lot of people noted that it also uh, had a little little familiarity with a, a hit from 25 years before. So here's the part of Look What You Made Me Do that had people going to the history books. Oh,
4: look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do Look what you just made me do.
2: Because, uh, according to several people, it sounds like m- maybe not a hit that you would think Taylor Swift might pull from but uh, the classic novelty hit I'm Too Sexy, Right Said Fred I'm
3: too sexy for my shirt Too sexy for my shirt So sexy it hurts And I'm too sexy for my land.
0: From the land, New York and Japan.
2: Of course, the probably most infamous scenario in the past couple of years—not not quite a sample either. I promise you, we'll we we'll get to like actual samples, but it feels like we can't not mention the infamous blurred lines. 2013, coming up on five years. Robin Thicke, Pharrell, Ti. Uh, again, I guess legally, I guess legally ripping off. I guess it's been sort of settled law at this point. Got to give it up. By Marvin Gaye In any case The two songs in contention Both number one hits Blurred Lines in 2013 And apparently you know Too I'm close of a descendant For the Gaye's family liking of Marvin Gaye's last number one hit On the Hot 100 Back in 1977 You know it I know it We got to give it up So, those are some more interpolation kind of influences uh, for some actual samples. So, that this segment is not a lie. Uh, let's go back to 1999 uh, for Will Smith, Cool Mo D, and Drew Hill. The theme to Wild Wild West called Wild Wild West.
4: When I
2: I wish I wish that is the song Stevie Wonder back in 1977 number one hit uh, off the classic album Songs in the Key of Life so a uh, direct sample there we'll do one that's maybe a little harder little little harder this one is more of an instrumental sample if you want to call it call it that uh, so not quite as maybe not quite as as easy as this one there's a very specific sound sound that gets sampled Uh, so we'll give you the harder one it is from the number one hit by Herb Albert, Rise from 1979 here is the specific sound that is sampled later in a massive number one hit here's what it sounds like Notorious B.I.G. It's the Notorious B.I.G. Do you know what song that's in? The song is called Hypnotize. And repeats several times throughout the chorus. So uh, a little Herb Albert, Biggie connection there as well. Uh, And we'll give Gary one last one. All right. The song is uh, actually somebody who's been in here recently. Pretty recently. Uh, Our friend Shaggy. The song is Angel.
0: Well, it
1: samples the bass line from The Joker by Steve Miller but uh, also the chorus melody is from Angel in the Morning by Juice New. No.
0: Some people call me the Space Cowboy
2: Call me the gangster of love. So, look at that Shaggy, a master fusion. Right. would have thought. Sample you could, and a remake. You, yeah, you could take, uh, okay, the Steve Miller band, link it up with the country singer from the 1980s in Juice Newton, and then have a reggae inspired number one hit in the 2000s. Now, to be fair, I will have to say that if the category was about number one hits, sampling number one hits. The Joker has to be the answer, but we'll give Gary partial credit for coming up with the Juice Newton, because I didn't think he was going to know any of that, so that's pretty good. Um, So, in any case, there we go. Starting with Love Hangover. um, Some of the big hits that have turned around, been sampled, interpolated, inspired, other major hits as well. Of course, we're seeing hits that continue to inspire hits. And even going forward, even just now, we see you know X-Factor inspiring nice for what? Number two this week on the Hot 100. So it's a pattern that has obviously stood the test of time, and I'm sure will continue to for many years to come.
1: That's a pretty smart strategy to take a number one hit. If it worked once, might work again there you go. You saved yourself half the work. All right. There's uh, this week's uh, billboard Sharpie podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, BTS of course, uh, performed on the BBMA's on Sunday. Uh, new song, fake love, uh, amazing uh, reaction. You could just uh, tell watching it on TV, uh, from the crowd on that song. Uh, Can it become a radio hit? We're going to go back to J.J. Ryan at KJYO in Oklahoma City. He's been on the podcast before. Uh, It's really the station in the U.S. that's been uh, leading uh, on uh, every uh, BTS single uh, in the last year or so. So uh, the station is playing uh, Fake Love already. 31 plays in the past week. No one else uh, even comes close. So uh, we'll get J.J.'s thoughts on uh, Fake Love. And uh, could this be... Yet another uh, breakthrough, maybe their biggest yet, on U.S. radio. Uh, We'll talk to JJ and find out next week. And we'll keep an
2: eye out. Of course, a new Drake song out, Lil Baby, uh, debuts this week at number 49 on the Hot 100. Um, After a few days, blowing up these streaming platforms could make a jump next week. Is there another top 10 hit in Drake's future? I'm sure at some point the answer, of course, is yes. But will it be next week and will it be this song?
1: We'll find out. All right, and uh, keep calling us on the Billboard Sharpie Podcast Hotline at 212 uh, 493 one. We'll keep uh, uh, answering your great questions here on the podcast. Uh, we should close, Trevor, with uh, another song that fits uh, this theme of uh, sampling uh, hits, or number one hits. Uh, can I do an honorable uh, mention, since I already mentioned Mariah once? Can we do another Mariah song? Um. Okay, okay what did... Uh, we Belong Together, 2005. thousand doesn't, five doesn't really... Sample, But in the lyrics, this is sort of a whole different version of how you can sample a song. Uh, she uh, kind of throws out some lyrics from a hit uh, from 1988 that was a top ten hit. Not a number one, but uh, sort of a, a lyrical. Okay, well, the, the two names
2: that come up are Bobby Womack. Right. Who I don't think you're going after. I was mentioning the one that, that I knew. I'm sure. Okay. Then
1: we're going Babyface. We can share it. Okay. Babyface. Uh, she mentions uh, I Only Think of You, which is the start of the chorus. Uh, I Only Think of You on Two occasions by The Deal babyfaces act uh, before it became uh, uh, the huge writer of hits in the 90s.
2: And we'll see you on one occasion in particular next week. Until then enjoy this uh, babyface classic.